0: Welcome to the Birth Warrior Podcast. In each episode, we feature the stories of birth warriors, women who have persevered to find their own truth in pregnancy and birth. As you hear these women share their stories of love, autonomy, connection, and power, it is our deepest wish that you will be inspired, empowered, and supported to find your own truth. We are honored these women have stepped forward to share their personal stories and to help us remember that we all have the power to choose what is right for us. The Birth Warrior Podcast is a presentation of the Indie Birth Association and is not intended to be medical advice. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Birth Warrior Podcast. I am your host, Jaden Graham, and today we have Trudy. Trudy is the mother of two sons who were lovingly and intentionally free birthed in the comfort of her home with the support of her husband and doula. Currently living in England where the National Health Service, commonly known as NHS, is the premier and routine course for prenatal care, Trudy went against the grain with her second child taking full responsibility and agency for the health and wellness of her pregnancy. And I also wanted to chime in here to apologize. Um, when I was re-listening to this episode in the editing process, I realized that my levels were kind of a bit down. Um, and so when you hear me throughout the episode um, asking Trudy a few questions here and there, or you know, interjecting a comment, um, my voice is pretty faint. And yeah, just something <laughs> that I didn't quite realize when we were recording. Um, yeah, a technical faux pas. Whoops. (laughs) It's bound to happen sometime. Um, But yeah, here's the show and I hope you enjoy it. Thank you so much. Hmm. Trudy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So wherever you would like to begin your story, um, yeah, we'd love to hear it.
1: Okay, so I have a three-year-old and a seven and a half-month-old at the minute, uh, two boys, and both of my babies were free-birthed um, at home. And um, so, when I was a child, I always said I would give birth to my babies at home. I always said it, and my mom always remembered that. Even though nobody in our family gave birth at home, I wasn't born at home. Don't know where it came from, um, and that sort of stay, stayed with me, um, the the whole the whole period of growing up really, um, and all of my jobs were centered around children. So I worked in schools, I worked in nurseries, I was a nanny uh, privately for a few years before I had my own babies, um, and I was just fascinated the whole time with with babies and pregnancy and birth, and I always just just thought how magical it was um and so my husband and I got married Um, his name is Jay and um I'd started reading books about birth and things um after after the wedding I was reading a bit of anime and things like that mm-hmm. and um shortly before I got pregnant um I came across the idea of free birth on a random instagram post and it was um, a podcast. And I thought, oh, I'll, I'll have a listen to that. Um, and I, I heard this woman's story about her having her first baby um, at home with just her husband there. And I was just absolutely blown away. Sorry, i never heard anything like that before. Never even crossed my mind that um, midwives were optional. So in the UK, um, midwives... Are, are free basically but they're very medicalized so it's all in in the NHS um so it's free care free prenatals you don't pay anything um all of the midwives are, are pretty much women um but yeah it's still very very medicalized system and most most people give birth in in the hospital um and yeah it, it just opened up a whole new door for me mm. and as soon as I started listening to stories of of women's births women's undisturbed births i just couldn't get enough and i was like yes this 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 is what i need Mm -hmm. um and it just felt Mm -hmm. so right and every part of my body was just like screaming like yes undisturbed birth and um i fell pregnant shortly after that so it took a few months to conceive um fox and um all that time I was just listening to stories and and when I got pregnant I remember saying to my husband um you know this is what I've been listening to and and I think we can we can do this on our own I think that's what feels really right to me and he was just he was just so cool about everything he was just yeah you know you're the one who's gonna have to do this whatever you want to do that's fine with me
0: Mm, and
1: so straight away yeah he he was he was great um and so I decided to go ahead with prenatal appointments so my plan was um, I'll do all the prenatal appointments and plan for a home birth with the home birth team and whatever and not tell them that I was going to be free birthing. We didn't tell anybody Mm. Um, because I was very very aware that there would be a lot of fear surrounding that decision by family and friends and midwives and things Mm. Um, and I just felt so protective of my space and I just was not prepared at all to have anyone else's opinions um, get getting to me, basically. And so I went, went along with the appointments. And I remember the first one, it was eight an eight-week appointment. And you see a community midwife each time. So it was the same person, usually, throughout the pregnancy. And um, the first time I met her, I remember I was so excited. I was pregnant. I was eight weeks and she was one of the first people I told and it was just such a, a deflating moment of going in there so excited to tell somebody and expecting, you know, oh, how are you feeling? Congratulations, how are you doing? And, and it wasn't really like that. It was just kind of like, oh, great, right, let's get all your details down then. And it was basically 20 minutes of filling in forms of um, family members' medical histories. And there was no excitement about it. I remember coming out and just thinking, like, oh, that was a bit naff. Mm-hmm. Um and so I spoke to to Jay about um getting a doula and I was like, how do you feel about you know us having a doula? And he was like, Yeah, great. Um and he said, Oh yeah, that actually is is I was really hoping that you'd want a friend or someone else there. Because I think mean, he he's never seen birth before. I'd never been to a birth before. And I think he was just a little worried that maybe he'd he'd ruin something mm. um by acting the wrong way or getting in a panic and disturbing me um, so I didn't hold out much hope really for finding anyone who'd be willing to support us in a free birth or anyone that I'd click with um and the first woman I came across and um, her name was Sue and I found her her online profile and she did all these wonderful um workshops in this little hut in a garden called heart space and she does a lot around um Menstru- menstruation and the power of menstruation and perimenopause and, um, and she felt like a, a very motherly figure to me um, and as soon as I met her well first I emailed her and I, I, so I told her my plan. I said "You know, I'm pregnant I'm planning a free birth um, how do you feel about that and she was just so excited for me and she was like you've got what I spend nine months trying to give to women already. Like I try and tell women that they're all they need. And you already know that. She was like, this is going to be amazing. Um, And so that was really nice to be able to speak to someone who was just so supportive of of my own authority in in the decisions Um, and who was really just willing to lean into me and support me however I needed. And so she ran some pregnancy yoga classes. And so I saw her every week. And um, we built up a really, really lovely relationship. And she's a very, very calm, quite a quiet person. And she just had the exact energy that that I knew I wanted. Um, and I, I never looked for an independent midwife. Um, I thought about it, but it just didn't. It just didn't feel right. Whenever I sort of went down that path in my head, it felt very much like I've I've got my people, like Sue and Jay and me. That that's who I want. I want us three. Mm-hmm. And it just felt like like that was our little click, and I had everything I needed within within that space. Mm-hmm. um so i was I was so confident um with who I'd chosen that they they just never felt like any need whatsoever to go outside of that or look for anything else mm-hmm. um And so I carried on with my appointments, and they progressively got worse. So I had this idea in my head that I'd just go along to them. All the results of everything would be fine. And I could just not call them at the birth. And then once I got to around 30 weeks, I started measuring too big. Um, And so I think I was like two or three centimetres ahead. And so it was like, right, we're going to boot you in for a growth scan. Um, And I had had the 12 and 20 week scan, but I knew enough at that point to know I didn't want any more. And so I declined the growth scans. And then it was like, oh, well, you know, I think you're going to have to move to the birth centre. And I was like, no, no, the the baby's going to be born at home. And it's honestly like nobody had ever, ever said no to anything. The middle could not get her head around me, (laughs) declining things. Um, And I think it really sort of triggered a lot of things in her and she just seemed to find the whole ordeal quite quite confusing. Really. Um, and there was a student midwife with a young girl who was probably younger than me. Um, and she just looked terrified whenever I walked in the room because she knew it was going to be difficult. Um, and yes, yeah, so I, I just had to spend, would call me up at home and people from the birth centre would call me up and say, um, how dangerous it would be if I birthed at home because my baby's probably going to be big and I need to get that checked out and I it, I just didn't have that fear I just felt so confident that my body would grow a baby that was the right size. I just believed that with every single cell in my body yeah. um, and it wasn't enough for them me just saying I feel fine about this let's move on um, and it and it continued and then it got to the point where... I was wary of stopping the appointments um, because I w- at this point I was in different groups um, on Facebook and I'd heard reports of you know people being reported and things like that for, for missing appointments mm. um, and so I then started to refuse the fundal height measurement checks so I was like no you, you're not listening to me when I'm telling you that I feel fine I think they're going to be bigger because they've been bigger consistently by three centimeters or whatever Mm -hmm. um I don't want to have the same conversation again so you know we won't be measuring today Mm -hmm. so I went to the appointments but basically didn't let them do anything um and that was just the only stressful part of my pregnancy was was just trying to get across that I'm fine (laughs) like I understand that you've got to say these things to me I understand you know where you're coming from um you need to understand me, and it was just not not going in, mm. um, and so you know they were they had to basically agree to like yes, obviously you can have a home birth, um, we're concerned. And then when I got to sort of thirty eight weeks, the midwife asked if the student could palpate my belly, and I agreed, so she did. And the mid the um, student was like, oh yeah, head down and whatever, and the midwife sort of came and placed hands on my belly without me consenting and was feeling and she was like oh this baby feels really really big like this is this is an issue I, th- I think that this baby's going to be around 10 pounds I'm five foot two I'm, I'm quite slim and I was like that that's fine like that's that's fine with me yeah. and I came out of there just thinking like how dare she like yeah, what is going on how does she think that she can she can guess my, my baby's measurement from palpation oh, and, and I mean by the way he was born
0: just first put her hands on you without asking you I mean at least mm-hmm. in my mind, for the uh, um I don't think I've I've told you this Trudy and then just also for the audience I I actually just finished the on the indie birth midwifery program. And at least for me, in my, in my mind, as someone that wants to be a future midwife, like it can't, like informed consent is even like at, at its most basic is just like even asking to touch someone. It shouldn't be expected. If that person doesn't want to be touched at that meeting, like you like, don't assume, you know, don't assume A. And mm-hmm. then B, did she ever, did she give you any explanation for why she thought your baby was going to be too big like did she go into it or did she just say oh I think your baby's going to be too big you know like without just any explanation and that was that like did she say what she felt so it was
1: so um no it was just this baby feels really big um And it all stemmed from the fundal height. If she never would have measured my fundal height, I don't think that would have even cropped up in her head. And I'm positive that she wouldn't have said that to me because he was born two weeks later at seven pounds 12. So obviously was not anywhere near 10 pounds at 38 weeks. And I I knew that and um, so I left there and I was like, I was on the phone to my doula and I had to call my doula after every single appointment and just talk it over. Talk about how mad I was about it. Talk about how pissed off the whole system makes me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'd, we'd talk it out and then I'd, I'd get over it. Um, but yeah, it was just so frustrating. And then I came out of that and I was like, I don't think I can go back there. And um, Mandela was like, right, so next time, forget. Like, you know, you just forget the appointment. The call after, apologise, so I did that. So basically, I just wanted to stay them thinking I was complying because I didn't want to trigger anything Um, and so then the next stressful part in the last couple of weeks was um, what I was going to do after the baby was born so I wasn't sure how long to leave it before I called them Um, and I had sort of asked in some groups and things and everyone sort of had different experiences and I found that really tricky Um and so I thought, well, you know what, I'll just play it by ear. I don't know what time the baby's gonna be born. I don't know how I'll feel straight after the baby's born. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I didn't go to any more appointments um after that. He was born two two days past 40 weeks, based on my calculations. Um and so so with the birth, um so it was but by the way, so all of that, it it didn't really knock my confidence, it just made me angry at them. Um, it didn't sort of you know plant any seeds of doubt within me I felt so confident um in the lead up to the birth I was so sure of myself that I was doing the right thing for me um and yeah I'd I'd done so much reading and listening to stories and I just could not get enough of listening to women birth undisturbed I just could not get enough and I actually felt amazing and I couldn't wait for the moment to come and we moved house when I was seven months pregnant and so I was getting busy nesting and you know unpacking everything and things and yeah so I was really chill um in the run-up and so it was and I'd convinced myself that I was going to go to 42 weeks absolutely convinced myself because I was like I can get I can get a little bit impatient so I thought I don't want that pressure of like 40 weeks 40 weeks 40 weeks mm-hmm. whereas if I put 42 weeks as my due date in my head I won't get that um and so it was two days past 40 weeks and um it was quarter five in the morning and I was asleep and I woke up to this little warm trickle coming out of of water and I grabbed Jay and I was like I think my waters are breaking and he was like what do we do and I was like um nothing I was like you go back to sleep so I tried to go back to sleep he did and then I was like, you know, I'm just going to tidy the house. So I tidied the house and I was cleaning around and he's he's self-employed and he was, he when he got up, he was like, do you want me to go in today or not? Do I need to get anything? I was like, I, I don't think you should go in today um, just in case anything happens, Um, but I need you to get a placenta bowl. I haven't got a bowl for, for the placenta yet. So he was like, right, okay. So he went into town and he got um a, a little stainless steel bowl. And as soon as he came home, it was like 11 a.m. Um, I'd been sitting on the birth wall and I think I was knitting and just watching a bit of TV, trying to not get into the mindset of like, when's something going to happen? When's something going to happen? Just trying to chill. Um, and I I felt, I felt something sort of go. And then all my waters were just flooding out like Hollywood style flooding. Um, the exact kind of flooding that I thought was literally just in films and it was just so much water and so I ran into the hallway because I was on a rug and all this water was just gushing 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 and um, between that time I'd only sort of had a couple of trickles since the early morning and then there was a knock on the door just as I I was stood pants around my ankles Jay was mopping up with towels and there was a knock at the front door and I was really close to the front door and I was like oh my god who's this and it was um it was a Jehovah's Witness handing out like flyers (laughs) and so Jay was like oh okay like I'll just I'll just take the flyer thank you like a bit busy um and so once they'd released I was kind of like oh my gosh this I think this is the day And then pretty soon I started to feel feel just different. It was really difficult to explain. And I said to her, I "I, I know I'm in labor now. I can't feel any contractions or anything, but I I know I'm in labor. Um, And then I'd ordered a new phone and that arrived shortly after. And I was like, all right, I'll start setting that up and changing all my contacts over to try and keep me busy. And within sort of 20 minutes, I just could not focus on it at all. I just couldn't my mind just wasn't there it was just kept drifting away drifting away Mm -hmm. and um and I was sort of going on the toilet and then I was off the toilet and back on and couldn't quite figure out where I wanted to be and I was like you know I'm just going to go upstairs to the bathroom on my own and just sort of um try and try and figure out a rhythm and try and get comfortable and see what I need um so I left Jay down here and I was like, you just go on the PlayStation or the Xbox or something. Just keep yourself busy and just lead me to it. And it was so good having that time on my own. So, so good. Um, as soon as I was in there, like I just felt like I could just, it was just, I just felt a freedom basically. of like, all oh, right, okay. I'm on my own now. I can do what I need to do. And I'd sort of, the contractions were starting to build build slowly they were like like small waves at this point. And um, I'd sort of get on the on the floor on all fours and wiggle my hips or whatever. And then I'd frantically sort of pace around the room in between. And I got myself into that kind of flow and that felt really good. And then um, time was passing and they were getting more and more. And I was starting to make make little noises. And Jay had sort of popped his head in the door every now and again. he be like, can I get you a drink? Are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. And then I'd been up there for probably about four hours. Um. When Jay popped his head around and he was like, "You're getting a little bit loud now. Shall I call the doula?" <laughs> and um and i hadn't that hadn't even crossed my mind to call her yet. Um, I was just so in in the zone and so in my own in my own body that nothing outside of anything uh, just was in my mind at all.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um I was like, "Oh, actually." yeah and so I sort of mentally time my contractions and I was like oh yeah these are like three minutes apart around a minute mm-hmm. um and so I, I texted Sue um and then she said she was about 30 minutes away with her boys and she was like well, I'll just drop the boys off back home and I'll, and I'll come over and so I was like oh yeah take your time and um then the the cold bathroom floor was starting to hurt my elbows and my knees so i went into the bedroom and we had a a mattress on the floor like a low bed mm. and so i'd sort of do the same so i'd lean on there and then i'd pace around the room and um sue arrived at about four o'clock i think for like 4 p.m and then um, and she just came in and she sat herself really quietly in a corner she didn't even let me know that she was there she was and when I looked up at her she was like hi and I was like oh hi yeah. and um she like, how are you doing and I was like I'm good I'm good I was like um yeah things feel like they're progressing like really well and they're getting stronger all the time um like slowly getting stronger but I, I was coping well and um she was like how do you feel about the pool so we had a birth pool set up in the dining room and I was like yeah, yes, yeah, definitely want the water. So I was adamant that I, I really wanted the baby in the water. The whole pregnancy, I was I was swimming, and I don't usually swim, and I was bathing every night, and I really felt like um, a bath would be the way to go. And um, so she she sat in the corner for about about ten minutes, and then she was like, "I think if you want if you want the pool, I think we need to fill it up now." Um, and I was like, "Right, okay." So then she went down to to fill it up. And then I was kind of, like, in my head, like, oh, my God, I, re- I really actually am in labour. Um, like, it was it was weird. It was like I knew that the sensations were getting strong and I knew that I was getting close. Um, but, it, like, I'd never even considered, like, anything, like, cervical checks, anything like that. I had no desire to know how far along I was. Mm. It was just happening so naturally um, that it was strange to sort of, think that like wow I'm at the stage where I could get in the water now and so they filled up the pool and um I remember that feeling of getting in and I cannot remember getting down the stairs like from going upstairs to downstairs I just cannot remember that and like two days after the birth I couldn't remember that which is really really strange but I was so just in labour land through that birth completely and utterly on a different planet um and I got in the pool and the the feeling of that water was just absolutely incredible Mm. I remember just being like oh that is so good and I just felt my body just kind of relax and then I sort of um leant over the side of the pool like my hands rest my head resting on my hands and and I stayed there for the three hours basically until he was born I just didn't move um and every time I'd get a contraction um I'd asked Jay to rub my back so he was giving counter pressure and that felt really good um and yeah the whole birth just felt like it went so smoothly and it was just such a natural progression um of intensity and my my breath seemed to do really well at sort of getting through them and I never said anything like oh I can't do this I never felt too uncomfortable or anything it it was, um, it was incredibly intense, but yeah, I just, I just felt like um, everything that happening was just so right. It just that's the only way I can describe it. It's hard to put into words, but everything just felt so right um, and so perfect. And um, so I remember saying, um, oh, I, th- "I think, I think the baby's coming down." Um, and Jay, Jay and Sue throughout the whole thing they were just silent absolutely silent they never said a word um unless I spoke to them um Jay had occasionally offered me a drink and that was about it and they sorted all the lighting so there was low lights and and we'd met Sue a lot in the pregnancy with Jay and she'd explained a lot to Jay about what he could expect um and I'd made it clear to him. Like, you know, I might want you nowhere near me. I might want my arms around you. Just have no expectations and I'll tell you what I need. And um, yeah, they were just such, such a wonderful team. And I just felt so supported and I just really felt like I could just do exactly what needed to to be done, basically. And my body was just um, free to, to move how it wanted um, and so I felt the head coming down, and Sue, Sue was just reassuring me, like, "That's that's great, that's fine. Like, you know, you're doing this." Um, and I think I think I made some kind of a noise. I can't remember what noise I made. I think it got really low and sort of grunty. Mm-hmm. And I remember Sue said something like, um, "Did that feel like in your bum or whatever?" She asked me, and I was like, "Yeah, it felt like that." And she was like, "Okay," she was like you're probably going to start pushing soon. Um, And then shortly after she said that, I basically just kind of fell asleep on the side of the pool. I had like a a really small mini power nap Mm -hmm. and slept through my my transition. Mm -hmm. And when I sort of came back in the room, my body started bearing down. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, that feeling, I remember the first one and I was like, the baby's coming." She just smiled at me and, and I carried on. And my body was bearing down for about 30 minutes, I think, before he was born. And um, I was on all fours, so I would said to Jay, um, if I was in a position like all fours, I wanted him to catch the baby in the water and sort of um, put the baby through my legs. So he, he knew to do that. And um, I was like, I felt the head coming down. And I was like, head's coming, head's coming. I was like, head's out, head's out. Mm-hmm. So his head came out. Really quickly, there was no sort of ring of fire, nothing like that. It was just coming, coming out, and so Jay jumped in the pool behind me really quickly, in his swim shorts, and um, yeah. Then the, the head was out for a little bit, and I was feeling the head, and oh, it was just incredible. And I remember Sue saying, "Like, right, next contraction, he'll he'll be out." And sure enough, the next contraction, he slipped out like a little fish. And Jay passed him through my legs and, and he was in my arms. And oh, the relief was just incredible. Um, and I think my, one of my fears through the pregnancy, and I think it was probably part, partly to do with the midwives' um, fear mongering, was a shoulder dystocia. Mm-hmm. And so that was one thing that kept coming up for me. And I'd sort of worked through it in my head and I did a lot of journaling in the pregnancy um and I'd write down my fear and what I was scared of and what I would actually do in the situation and then I'd realize um that I felt confident that my body would move position if it needed to Mm -hmm. and yeah so when he just slipped out so easily that was one of my mantras and I I wrote that um in my my journals constantly like baby slips out like a fish the baby slips out like a fish and he did um and yeah so I put him to my chest and um he did sort of like a, a few little little murmurs and then he did a cry. And yeah, so we stayed in the pool for about, about an hour after he was born. And um then it was sort of getting a little bit cold in there and I was like, all right, I'm ready to come out now. So I got out and the living room was in the next room. And um, I said, Oh, I can feel I can feel a heaviness. I think it's the placenta. And so I squatted over a bowl and I coughed. And the placenta came out so it was pretty much exactly an hour after he was born um and then yeah we went upstairs and sue showered showered the blood off my legs um and then we got in bed and yeah it was just oh so so incredible that feeling of just being in my own bed with this baby um it was just absolute bliss and I just could not believe that it had happened and that it had gone so amazingly. And I was just on cloud nine and we FaceTimed um, like our parents and things and let them know. So he was born at um, quarter past eight Mm -hmm. and we phoned everyone sort of like half 11. Um, Jay cut the cord after a couple of hours. Um, And yeah, we just, we just lay in bed, and I was naked, and he was on me, and we just a little blanket on us, and I didn't sleep a wink all night. I was just so so elated from the whole experience, and so high from it, and um, yeah. So uh, Sue had said, you know, what do you want to do about the midwives? And I was like, I'll deal with that tomorrow. I was just there was no way anyone was coming in that house. Mm-hmm. Um, in that moment. It, it, everything felt so perfect there was zero concern and yeah no one else needed to be there um and so then the next day um it got sort of uh early afternoon like 1 p.m and I was like it had been on my mind for a couple of hours that point I was like oh, I need to ring them and I need to tell them and um so it got to 2 p.m and I said right I'm going to do it now so I rang the number that you'd usually ring to say you're in labor And I was just like, hi, um, I'm on the home birth team. I had my baby last night. Um, Can you send a midwife out? And the woman on the phone was like, "Uh, can I ring you back? I was like, yeah. And so they called back and said, we're sending two midwives over now. And they were here within (coughs) about 15 minutes. (coughs) So they, they rushed over. And the two loveliest women turned up. Really, really lovely women. And I, I had not got on with my midwife in the appointments. And <clears throat> I always felt like she was very patronising. But these two women, they came in and um, they were like, oh, wow, congratulations. Um, how are you feeling? I'm like, oh, yeah, feeling really good. And um, they they just they just acted exactly how I wanted them to. They asked, I'm just going to get myself a drink. Um, they asked consent about everything they were like would you like your baby to be weighed and I was like yeah yeah you can weigh him now we hadn't weighed him um they were like would you like us to um check his hips check his heart would you like us to check you um and I hadn't known before um if I'd consent to any of that stuff Mm
0: -hmm. but
1: with them I felt really safe too Mm -hmm. So I was like, yeah, that's fine. Big tear. I'll book you in for stitches tomorrow. Um, I was like, oh, no, I'm not having stitches. And she was um, kind of like, oh, you, well, you've got a tear. I was like, yeah, I'm happy for it to, to heal naturally. Mm-hmm. And um, she must have asked me about three times if I was sure. Am I sure I don't want to go to hospital? A 30-minute drive, that would have been, with my baby to get stitches and I was like no and she was like um she asked the other woman, she's like can you make a note that I've asked her three times um so the woman made that and she said to be honest love um if you keep it clean it'll heal fine on its own and I was like yeah I, I know <laughs> but yeah like so that just showed me that she they just feel this need to cover their she just felt this need to cover her back and mm-hmm. make it really clear that she'd asked me even though she knew full well I didn't need them um and yeah they the the tear I never would have even known it was there <clears throat> she hadn't have told me I never had any pain from it never had any pain when peeing um and I stayed in bed a lot after the birth for a few weeks and it just healed perfectly on its own I couldn't even see where it was after six weeks um so that was a really positive experience <clears throat> I just sort of um put a bit of honey on it and had herbal sitz baths every day. And that was, um, yeah, really, really good. Um, and yeah, breastfeeding went really well. And um, I stayed in bed for sort of three weeks completely and then ventured out a little bit after. And it was just absolutely blissful. I just had the most wonderful, wonderful postpartum with him. Um, and Sue would pop round to visit. and And yeah, it was just the whole thing was just absolute magic exactly what I wanted, um, exactly what I'd envisioned, exactly what I felt I'd worked for. Um, and so we told everybody that we'd done it um, with just just us three afterwards. And um, there was only one comment from a family member on Jay's side that um, was negative. And she basically just said, like she thought I was incredibly irresponsible and she would have died both times if she hadn't have been in a hospital Um, and I just said like okay yeah that that's how you feel okay Um, and that was that and nobody else else had anything negative to say but I think that was just because I had had the proof I had I had a healthy baby you know what could anyone say whereas I knew full well if I'd have told people before when I was pregnant it would have been a completely different situation um, um yeah, so it was it was just it was wonderful. Um and I, I wouldn't have changed anything about it um afterwards, but then I knew straight away um next time if there was if I got pregnant again, I would not have any appointments um prenatally. Mm-hmm. Like that was an absolute no-go because that was the only stressful part of my first pregnancy. Um and so Fox was two um when I, I was pregnant again. So I think I was sort of two months pregnant when he turned two. And we um we started trying and got pregnant very quickly with Phoenix. Um and yeah, I was in I was in a great mindset again and I felt like I really wanted my little team again. I felt really good with Jay and with Sue. Um and by this point, um I've made a lot of mum friends and I knew. Loads of other women who'd home birth and free birth, and I knew midwives, I knew independent midwives, I knew retired midwives, um, and I felt like I had so much more of a support system. Um, and that was that was a real positive the second time around. And there was a wonderful a wonderful in, retired independent midwife that lived locally, and she did um, these free classes every week. It was called um, Mama's Voices, and it was. Um, s- we're pregnant women singing to their uh babies in the womb basically and then also singing to their babies after birth and so she was she was really wonderful and you know I'd speak speak to a lot to her about a lot of things and she was incredibly supportive. Um and so I got pregnant with Phoenix and I decided that I would just only only seek assistance if it felt necessary. So there would be nothing routine. Um and only if something fell off, would I um, ask for help from anyone, basically. And yes, yeah, so I, d- I went through and lockdown happened very early on in my pregnancy. I think I was sort of six weeks pregnant. Mm-hmm. So that actually worked out really well because Jay was off. So Jay couldn't work. So that whole first trimester where he's sort of tired and wanted to nap. Usually it'd be just looking after Fox um, on my own. Jay was around so I could nap and I could rest and so that was that was a really good first um trimester experience um and yeah I just I just felt so great um and I just went went on with my life basically um and You can just hear the baby obsequiously. Feeding, feeding, feeding,
0: feeding.
1: Sorry, he's just looking up. <laughs> um, I just lived my life and um, went on with the pregnant. Uh- um, dealing with the system again basically I like, was notifying the birth and and all of that stuff so I was in a lot of UK okay home birth groups at this point mm-hmm. um, and free birth groups and things and so I just put some questions out there and yeah everyone everyone had different experiences um depending on who they dealt with, bas- with basically mm-hmm. Um, so some women had notified the birth themselves and had no issues Um, some it was a birth notification that caused social services referrals and all different different experiences and um there was a woman I was speaking to and she'd had a social <laughs> services referral um because she notified the birth herself that mm-hmm. those people had basically referred her and she just had a really difficult postpartum because of that mm-hmm. um having social services there mm-hmm. um and I, I just felt like that's what I wanted to avoid the most and it was trying to balance that with keeping my authority and mm-hmm. Um, keeping my power and not submitting to things that I didn't want to happen because I didn't want interference afterwards and it felt like a really difficult balance um, so I got to 30 weeks and I emailed the <coughs> local head of midwifery and um, I basically just told her hi I'm pregnant I'm 30 weeks Um, haven't had any appointments don't want any appointments Um, my plan is to free birth if I need anything I'll let you know Mm -hmm. and um, waiting for a reply was quite nerve-wracking because I know that's triggered referrals before and I wasn't worried about so what social services would do because I knew that what I was doing was well within my rights they um I wasn't worried you know that they'd find anything wrong um you know we've we've got no sort of trigger points of any past past history that i'd need to be worried about it was just the stress of it um and she replied and she was she was great she was like yeah totally support your decision here's some numbers let me know if you need anything um so yeah that was that and then um As I got further on in the pregnancy, um, I messaged them because I wanted them to notify the birth because that had been a sticking point for a lot of people. So in the UK, when you call up to notify the birth, 99.9% of the time midwives do it. So when a mother tries to do it themselves, they kind of see that as a bit of a red flag sometimes Mm. um, that, you know, you're trying to hide the baby. From the medical establishment or whatever.
0: Now, when you say for notifying the birth, do you essentially like would this kind of by notifying the birth in the UK? Does that mean that would lead to I guess um, what would be the I I mean I'm I'm assuming you guys have birth certificates there too. So would that kind of by notifying? Yeah. The birth, okay. Okay.
1: Cool. Yeah. So um, in the UK, the only legal requirement is that it's done within 36 hours. Okay. So within 36 hours of the birth um that the local authority basically needs to be informed that the baby's been born Um, and then that leads to you getting an nhs number for the baby and the birth certificate and all of that stuff gotcha um and so that's usually just done automatically by the midwife so when anybody other than a midwife tries to do that they're a bit like hmm this is strange um and so I basically wanted a midwife to come out see that I've just had a baby do the paperwork and I made that clear in my email and she was she was happy with that she was like yeah that's fine um so so I felt good about that and um to so the end of the pregnancy um was was getting closer and it and it was just a wonderful experience from start to finish I never had any issues massively there was a a period of time that I I was pretty sure he was breech for quite a long time, up until about 37 weeks, I think. Um, and around around sort of 25 weeks, I think I'd had a bit of an issue with my pelvis. So I'd had to get um, an osteopath to look at, um, something that basically just come out of alignment and, and he'd sorted that out. Um, but I'd been sort of hobbling around on it for about a week. And it was after that, that I felt he'd been breached and then I felt he'd been breached for a while. And it just, the the thought of a breached baby never, ever concerned me whatsoever. I was totally cool with baby head up, head down wherever it needed to be. Mm -hmm. Um, But this just kind of felt like he was in in a position that he didn't want to be in. It felt like things were a little tighter than I remembered. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I saw a Cairo and he sort of loosened things up a bit. Um, And baby had already turned at that point I think he turned like a couple of days before um my first appointment but that felt really good to get everything um loosened up and at that point a couple of days before his his appointment that I had I'd spoken to the independent retired midwife that I know and um asked her to just feel um to see what where she felt baby was and um she felt he'd moved head down at that point which confirmed what I'd what I thought um and that was the only time anyone outside of me touched my belly no one I never had any scans no one took blood and yeah it just it just felt great and the whole thing um and yeah so birth approach and and I felt really good and I've done a lot of journaling more so probably the second time around and I think the only thing I was aware of not trying to not wanting to do was having my first birth too firmly in my head for like, that's how it's going to go. And I think that I felt like that could have been my downfall. If like something didn't go the same way, it didn't start the same or it didn't progress the same that I'd start to be a bit like, Oh, this is different. Whereas the first time around I had zero expectations. I was totally cool with anything. I was cool with being in labor for five days if I needed to, um, nothing was off limits whereas the second time because I'd had such such a good experience um yeah I I didn't want to put that too high in a pedestal, and I wanted to be open to accept whatever was gonna gonna happen in this birth and um so uh Jay had gone to a dentist appointment and it was about an hour and a half away um and he left and then he was like, "Are you sure you want me to go?" You know, you. I think I was like forty plus one. I was like, "Yeah, I'm fine. Like nothing, nothing's gonna happen today." And then I got half an hour after we left. I started getting like um, to the Bratton Hicks felt a little different, and I was like, "Oh, this this feels um, strange. I've not had this feeling before." And then it it started getting getting a little bit more intense, a little bit more, and then he sort of came home around midday. And um, I was like, I, th- I think we're gonna have a baby tonight. And he was like, Really? And I was like, Yeah. I was like, I, c- I can't explain it because I don't really feel much, but it, it just feels like like there's been a shift, and it feels like it's going to be today. And um, so I put my son down for a nap, and I was laying there, and um, sure enough, I could feel feel the tightening happening more consistently. And um, so I, I tidied round again, and, and Jake played with Fox when he woke up, and and I did the I did the same. I was like, I'm going to go upstairs and just be by myself. So I was in the bedroom and I shut the blinds, and and yeah, I just, just laboured in there on my own again for a few hours. And both times, it feels like that's been such a key part of my birth because all inhibitions disappear there's it just feels like there's no expectations from myself or from anybody else and um yeah it just it just feels so free and Jay wasn't really comfortable to check on me because he was busy with the toddler and that was fine I had drinks and some snacks and things up there and again I was up there for a few hours and things seemed to be sort of coming on a little bit stronger quicker than they did the first time around the first time felt very gentle and a it felt very gradual and the second time it was a little bit more like oh this is this is getting serious quickly um and so i've got an auntie that lives 10 minutes away and she'd agreed to have fox if needed um and so i'd messaged her and said oh i'm i'm in labor um i think i might want you to have fox soon mm-hmm. um and i'd messaged message the doula and said um just so you know i think things are happening i don't need you to come now um, it's, it's just it's going to be tonight I think and then um, within half an hour I was messaging them both again and I said to my auntie like yeah I think you're gonna have to come soon and I told the duels to set off now um, but thing, things were different than the first time so the first time my mucus plug um, had come out really really early on in the labour my waters are released first and none of that had happened by this point and I was so I, I was kind of second guessing myself thinking like do I just feel all this pressure and does it feel more intense because my waters haven't released and my, my mucus plug hasn't gone um and so yeah I had this little niggle of like oh am I, am I actually this far along um I wasn't quite sure and then Jay had said you know shall I fill up the pool because I was I was making the same noises from the first time around and I was like no no not yet and then um by the time Sue got here she she came pretty quick I think she was even in about 40 minutes um I was really having to work through these contractions and the first time it felt really easy to find a way to get through them whereas this time it was a bit trickier it felt like um, I really needed to switch up a lot. Like each contraction, I needed to be doing something different with my body and trying, trying to find the position that felt the best was a bit harder. It took a bit more work, and, and I'd find what works. But sort of three quarters through it, through a contraction, um, and so Sue turned up and she did the same. She just sat in the corner of the room and she watched me um, for a minute, and she said the same again. Of like I think we should fill the pool now so I was like yeah that's fine and she was like how are you doing and I was like yeah I was like this this is harder I was like this is coming faster but I'm worried that it's not it's not actually going that far it's just because my waters haven't released and things and I can't remember what she said but it was whatever it was it soothed me and she was just kind of like you know this is this is a different experience um and my son had only just gone off and I just wasn't in that headspace that I was the first time around. The first time around, there was like no sense of anything else in the room. And this time I was completely um, cognitive and I was completely conscious of everything around me and I could have a proper conversation. And that threw me a little bit as well that I, I wasn't in labor land again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then midway through Jay filling up the pool um things really started to move then and I, f- I felt um different sensations and Sue had said um are you okay birthing here if the pool isn't ready in time where do you want to birth and I was like yeah he's fine He's fine so I was sort of on the edge of the bed um on some chucks pads and um yeah it was sort of gritting my teeth a little bit more the second time around and um then when the pool was ready, I practically ran down the stairs to get in. Mm. And that feeling again was just incredible. And um I'd only been in about a minute and I felt felt the pop and my waters released. Um oh, my mucus plug had had come out shortly after Sue arrived. Mm. Um and then after my waters had released, um, I felt the baby move right down into the birth canal I sort of felt him felt him get there Mm -hmm. and then there was a pause quite a big pause and then my body did this huge push my body started bearing down and it was just bearing down and down and down and down and I felt him move through (laughs) my entire birth canal in one contraction and it was honestly when people say it's like a train going through you it was honestly like that it was just so intense and I felt him like being pushed all the way down and then he was crowning and I was just like oh my goodness like the baby's crowning already Mm -hmm. um I'd only been in the pool about 10 or 15 minutes at this point um and it was three hours the first time uh and yeah he was he was there and I could feel his head and um his head came out and again, it, there was no ring of fire or anything. It just kind, of, it just popped out. Mm-hmm. And then um, I could, I could feel him turning um, with every, every move. And my body, it wasn't bearing down to push him out. It was just kind of, I was having a contraction, but it was just turning him. And his head was out for ten minutes before his body came. And I was in the water, and I just had no sense of that, like no sense of time with that. I wasn't thinking always oh, has been out a long time none of that crossed my crossed my thoughts at all um I could, because I could feel him moving I could feel his legs moving and he was just turn 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 turning and um at one point I remember Sue saying to me you know is there anything you need to do I was like no I can I can feel him moving he everything's fine and she was like okay great um and then she just sat back again, and um, I instinctively sort of got up on one knee, and I remember like feeling my knee just move itself, and um, and then Jay asked if I needed some support, and I said yeah. So he he hooked his his arms under my shoulders and it sort of held me up upright a little bit, um, and then I felt my body pushing pushing down again, and so he ca- he came out half half his body up to like his belly button mm-hmm. paused for for a few seconds and then his whole body released um and i caught him myself this time which i'd really wanted to do so we'd had a couple of meetings um shortly before the birth and i spoke about wh- what i wanted and i said i really really wanted to catch the baby myself this time and i did and mm-hmm. it was just wonderful and and he came up and um, we recorded the birth this time, and so when I watched back it was it was ninety seconds until he did his first cry um, and that was my fear the second the second time around my, my fear was the baby not breathing, and um, that was sort of dropping every every now and again and um but he was on my chest, and I could feel him wriggling, and I could see him sort of opening his mouth and things, and I just never had any fear um that anything was wrong and then he cried and I remember this relief and we called and Fox came over he he arrived about 10 minutes after he was born and he met him while he was still in the pool and it was wonderful it was so nice and the second time around um so I remember saying that I wanted to um do get all the placenta and things once that was out I just wanted to get into bed as soon as the placenta was out and then do the cord and everything in bed. Um, And as soon as he was born, I was just so ready to just get in bed with him. But I wanted the placenta out first. And it had been an hour and then it had been an hour and a half and I was getting a little bit impatient. And um, I'd been sat on the sofa and I'd sort of, Squatted down and coughed a couple of times to see if if anything was there and it wasn't. And then Sue suggested maybe me sitting on the toilet alone and he'd been feeding since like 10 minutes after birth. And so I sat on my own, tried that and um, yeah, it just didn't feel like like it was there yet. And um, so we said, oh, well, maybe we'll go upstairs and I'll have a warm shower. And see if that encourages it. And at this point, it had been about two hours, and um, my bleeding was fine, and I felt great. It was just this desperation to just get into bed and and just feel feel like right, the birth is complete now. And it just felt like it wasn't quite complete yet because the placenta was still there. And um, so I'd got in the shower, and I I bought some herbs um, and tinctures. So I said to Joe, "Right, go and get the tinctures now." at this point it'd been two and a half hours I think, um, and just as he went downstairs to get the tinctures I'd been wiggling the cord side to side and then it released then into the shower and I think that was more of a relief than the baby coming out because I was like finally I can get into bed <laughs> and um, so I finally made it and I got into bed and yeah just that feeling again of just of just being in being in your own space so cozy and just naked and I had towels down and it just felt so cozy and oh it was just absolutely blissful and um so we did the same as we did the first time around like the next day I called and said you know I've, I've spoken to the head of midwifery um she knows about me can you just send out a midwife please to do the paperwork um, and so a midwife uh, came out after about an hour and she was a bit more business-like than the first the first midwives I'd had and um she she didn't really ask many questions I think she just jotted down the basics and um yeah she filled in the paperwork for me and that was that was fine um so that was that was a relief again that that had gone well and yeah we stayed in bed for for two weeks and Jay cared for Fox and the house and all that stuff and. Um, and then after that, we started gradually getting up and about a bit more, and yeah, he just he just felt like he slotted in so well, and breastfeeding went really well again, and yeah, the whole the whole thing was just a wonderful experience again, and um, and I remember saying to Sue after I sort of clicked, I had a little bit of a brainwave as to why I thought she was so wonderful, and I think what it was about her is that she never felt like she never put her own opinions on anything she never asked or made suggestions of things that I perhaps could do or should do or anything like that Mm -hmm. um she always kept her own ego out of it she never felt like she had to be busy she never felt like she had to be doing anything um like she never felt like she had to earn money which is what I think can happen a lot of the time with birth workers mm-hmm. they feel like they need to do something to earn their place there and i think she she never did that she just stayed completely out of the way she never touched me in either birth um i never felt like she was watching me and yeah it was that thing of like the way she phrased things was is there anything you need to do not do you need to change position mm-hmm. and it's like that because i think that that could then make me think oh i need to change position Right. anything like that and I think that's what what really made her such a wonderful support for me um it
0: was you also like self-directing your own birth and then expressing exactly what you need as opposed to someone interjecting someone what they think that you need because obviously you're the authority
1: yeah definitely yeah. Mm-hmm. definitely um and yeah I've made that so clear in all of our meetings that um that I I didn't want I didn't want any anybody else's um input basically during the birth unless I asked for it um and yeah they they were they were just great with that and I just I just felt so blessed afterwards that I got to do that again with with those two people there two people I love so much and have such a, a great connection with, and yeah, I think it, it was just wonderful, and I, I was just so so happy that that I'd found that in her, um, and without a doubt, if if we ever have another baby, um, I'd I'd choose those as as my team again, um, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. So that was, yeah, true. They were my best.
0: That's awesome yay and um i loved i loved mm-hmm. a certain point too it was phoenix that you're holding right now right yeah just his. yeah yeah just like popping up oh little sweetie um yeah, me, yeah. thank you thank you so much for sharing both of your really just beautiful and blissful stories i it, you know it's such a, it's such a joy to hear um you know and, and just to just hear that yes it can actually be that smooth it can actually be that um be that beautiful and and magical and it, it's yeah it's it's amazing and thank you so much for sharing that with all of us and just um one more thing is there anything that you would like to leave um our uh, our listeners with any parting words of wisdom
1: um i suppose it's just, I want women to realise that they are the authority. They are absolutely the authority in every single part of their pregnancy, of their birth, of their mothering. And I want them to feel into their heart and their body as to what is right for them. I want them to imagine their dream scenario and I want them to make that happen. And I, I want them to understand that nothing has to be in your way. Yeah. Um, You you can choose you can choose what you need, and you can make that happen. You will always find a way, um, and yeah, whatever support you feel you need, find it, and find people who you're comfortable with. And I, I, really think that's such a key in birth is is your your team who who is around you. Make sure that they're they're who you want, um, and your environment's what you want. You know, you're the creator of this, and um, yeah. What I what I really really don't like when I've told my stories to people is when they say oh you're so lucky and I really don't like that I just think no I I put so much work into this I created these births I I put so much effort into this there was no part of birth either of my births that I left a chance really like yes birth 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 is birth it's unpredictable it's wild and Mm -hmm. but we have so much um, influence over how it goes I really do believe that yeah, yeah. Um, and I think I had a massive influence over how my birth went by um, just just really really making sure that um, I had it all down that um, I, I had what I needed and, and I was willing to do what needed to be done to to create the right, the right space for myself to, to just let it be. Um, and let it flow and yeah that's that's my wish for, for other women that they can find whatever whatever um it is for them yeah.
0: well again thank you so much what a lovely and beautiful conversation. Thank, you. Yeah, thank you thank you so much for listening storytelling is a profound agent of change one that has the ability to plant seeds of inspiration introspection and beyond If you have an empowering birth story that you would like to share on our podcast, please head over to IndieBirth.org forward slash birth warrior to send your submissions. That's IndieBirth.org forward slash birth warrior. Hope you have a beautiful week wherever you are in the world. Until next time, friends.